Hi, I'm Abby, and you're listening to the Fitness Drifter Podcast, a body confidence podcast for men where I try to help you shift away from stressing about things like weight, body image, abs, and dieting to focusing on feeling fitter, healthier, and happier, and using nutrition and exercise as a positive force in your life. In the UK, we have a charity called CALM, that's C-A-L-M. It stands for Campaign Against Living Miserably. They conducted a study and found that 48% of men between the ages of 16 and 40 struggle with how they felt about their bodies. 58% said the pandemic negatively affected their body image. 21% said they don't feel comfortable talking to anyone about body image. And only around one in four, about 26%, said they were happy with how they look. With studies like this, I always add a disclaimer that when something is so heavily stigmatized or you're in a demographic where an issue isn't really seen to exist, like men in body image, there's a good chance that these may still underestimate the scale of the issue. As far as body image issues go for men, the most common ones are weight, body fat percentage, muscle size, hair, skin, and height. Honestly, women have had it bad and so frequently with being judged based on body for such a long time. Whereas with men, if it has been the case, it's kind of been brushed under the carpet because we don't talk about it or we're not supposed to talk about it. The thing is that with women, because it's been so prevalent for so long, we reached a point where there's enough, I guess, collective anger and frustration that the body positivity movement was able to take off and gain some momentum. Now, if you're not familiar with body positivity, it's a movement focused on embracing and appreciating bodies of all types, shapes, and sizes. It is still predominantly female, and if my understanding of its history is correct, the first focus of the movement was specifically on feminine beauty. But at its core, it is about showing appreciation for all bodies regardless of sex and gender, so men do come under that too. That is a bit of a tangent, and we will talk about body positivity in future in more detail. But for now, I just wanted to emphasize that there is a growing voice against ideal weight and body image. Just at the moment, it still feels female skewed. And, you know, to be honest, that, that's fair. But it can be easy for when men look at that to think it's not there for them as well. But it is. If we look at the causes of body image issues and why it's becoming increasingly prevalent, I think for men, it comes from a few different sources. Social media and its algorithms, for one. Movies, TV, and the ads that were shown. I mean, I think it's probably the same for women. There is also occasionally comments or teasing from your peers or your colleagues or your friends, or if you're online, maybe some trolls. Let's look at a few of these. We're going to start with social media. And I think it's important to remember that social media feeds run on algorithms. The algorithm isn't what's deciding what an ideal body shape is, and it's not judging people's body shapes. It is collectively, as social media users, we're doing that, and we're putting ourselves through that cycle. We engage with content with idealized bodies and thirst traps and the body types that we kind of hate ourselves for not having. So that algorithm boosts that content. The more we see that content, the more we compare ourselves to those body shapes or those body types and the worse we feel. So it's, I feel like if I say it's self-inflicted, I'm victim blaming and I don't mean to do that, but just understand it. The algorithms just promote what people engage with. And if we stop engaging with that kind of content, it would kind of drift off. And it's also worth bearing in mind that what you see on social media is a very, very small snippet of someone's reality. You know, you have things like filters and Photoshop and manipulating lighting and angles to look a certain way. And then someone might take 10, 12, 15 selfies before deciding which one of those after being edited gets posted on Instagram, for example. So we end up comparing ourselves to a very curated and very heavily filtered and very carefully selected version of the body that we are comparing ourselves to. And unsurprisingly, reality is very unlikely to meet that same standard. 
Next up, one that I really want to emphasize, because I have been guilty of this, especially in the last few years, is movies and TV. I think especially, like, I'm a huge Marvel fan, so especially as superhero movies have become more and more popular, we tend to associate that sort of typical superhero physique with strength and masculinity. And even though they're superheroes and fictional, we still kind of put that on a pedestal. I think it's important to remember that this is fiction. These are movies. Actors go through unsustainable and focused periods of training and nutrition to achieve a certain look and also get paid to do that. It doesn't mean they look like that all the time. A really good recent example is if you look at Chris Hemsworth. So at the time of recording, the next Thor film, Thor Love and Thunder, isn't out yet. But if you have a look at some of the behind the scenes pictures of him and how much muscle he's gained for that compared with like a sort of normal candid picture of him, there is such a huge difference. Like, make no mistake, even sort of not in movie shape, Chris Hemsworth is still strong and in, you know, athletic shape. You know, that's just his natural build. But if you compare what he looks like, but if you compare what he looks like for that specific role to, to what he looks like for, you know, the rest of the time, there's a big difference. The same happens with TV, especially if it's a limited series with a certain number of episodes. So that covers most things. But then if you compare it with like a soap opera, so where you have actors playing the same character for months or maybe even years on end and turning up every week, unless it's a specific part of the character, they very, very, very rarely have these sort of superhero movie star physiques. And remember again that even with TV, these are people that are being paid to look a certain way to fill a certain role. And lastly, we can look at ads and business marketing. And I think the same thing applies. That these are people that are paid to look a certain way or they have a certain financial interest in doing so. And I think the fitness industry, especially because a lot of fitness marketing involves using uh, bodybuilders. And what you need to bear in mind is that bodybuilding is a specific sport with a specific aesthetic goal. So unless you're a bodybuilder or you're into bodybuilding, there's no real comparison there. And again, that's factoring in most bodybuilders. They'll do a photo shoot or do a show after an intense period of training and dieting and then sort of rebound back to a more sustainable body fat percentage or weight afterwards. There's going to be tanning, lighting, filters, you know, whatever else. So there's a lot going on. And with all these examples, you're comparing yourself to a very, very skewed version of someone rather than comparing yourself to their reality. I know pretty well what the impact of poor body image and poor self-esteem can have on someone because I've been living that for quite a while. I was obese as a kid, just from a very, very young age. And I don't think it ever had an impact on me in terms of body image until the age of 12 or 13. You know, there were the occasional comments in school, like I was never really bullied as such for my weight, but there were little comments here and there that I would just kind of brush off. And then I guess when I hit puberty and I became more aware of my body, two things kind of happened at the same time. So in school, I was always very book smart and got high grades and because I didn't really know how to address my weight or the issues that I was having with my own body image, I went inwards to hyper-focus on studying. I figured the point of school is to get high grades, and if I was doing that, then I had something to lean on, so it was kind of like my safety net. And then outside of that, I was still getting more and more conscious of my body. I started wearing bigger and bigger clothes or multiple layers to hide my body shape. I became less and less social because I was more aware of what my body was like. And while I could keep the friends that I had, I found it so much harder to try and speak to new people or make new friends. And I stayed that kind of introverted way right through the rest of school and university. And, you know, my friend group in university kind of adopted me after we sort of ended up getting lost together trying to find a lecturer's office. But that was basically how I made friends at university. And the thing is that hasn't actually changed all that much. 
I'm in my thirties now. I still find it very hard to talk to new people and I still find it very hard to make new friends. I don't think it's directly because of body image now because I'm actually pretty happy with my body shape. But I guess somewhere down the road that had a lasting impact, I just lost the ability to have conversations and connect with people like that. So yeah, that's, I'm still trying to deal with that. I did eventually start to lose weight and I've lost all the weight I wanted to. And it has made me fitter and healthier physically. But I did also become more obsessed with weight, more obsessed with size. I started to demonize body fat and fat in any way, shape or form became uncomfortable. I would still wear baggy clothes to try and hide my body shape. And even now, when I can comfortably fit into size small or size extra small in some places, I will still sometimes try and wear baggy clothes to hide my body shape. When I eventually tried to build muscle and I've had a couple of failed attempts at, I guess you could call it bulking, I couldn't wrap my head around the idea of trying to eat to gain weight. Honestly, that is still something I struggle with. So while I'm lean and have some muscle definition, I'm not exactly what someone would call muscular. I mean, I'm okay with that, but it's just that sort of impact of dieting and sensitivity about size. That's just put a bit of a block on me being able to actually try that process properly. And having been through all that, I think the one thing I struggled with most was the loose skin I had after losing weight. We talk about body positivity and appreciating all body shapes and sizes, but even in those images and those conversations around all body shapes and sizes, I could not see anything even remotely similar to what my body shape was. And, you know, while underneath I was in good shape, I was pretty lean, I had a little bit of muscle definition, this, just that skin skewed my shape so much. It just, it was very distressing and uncomfortable. Like I mentioned, I can fit into a size extra small in some places and most places it's size small and sometimes that's baggy. But I still, while I had that skin, felt like I need to lose weight. I did get the skin removed from my chest and my abdomen in March 2022. As I record this, I'm still recovering. I'm mostly recovered now, but I'm still going through the recovery process. But the change in my confidence since then has been almost immediate. I remember I got a couple of sports massages a few years ago. So before COVID and I still had the skin and I was more or less at the way I wanted to be. And I was insistent on keeping my t-shirt on. As part of my recovery, I'm getting something that's called a lymphatic drainage massage, which is just to help with the swelling post-surgery. And with that, I'm just like, you know, as soon as the massage therapist arrives, I'm just t-shirt off and we're good to go. There's like no hangups or issues around showing my torso anymore. So yeah, it's been a huge, dramatic boost to my confidence. Now, I'm sure it does come across as hypocritical to be talking about or promoting body positivity and healthier views of body image when I have literally just gone under the knife on my own body. But it is still something that I'm coming to terms with. And I also don't think it invalidates the past experiences I've had or, you know, other issues that I might have going forwards. I am in a better place with body image now and I do feel more comfortable in my skin. And I'll probably happily show off my scars once they fully healed and the swelling has gone down. But it's been a long road and to be honest, there is still a lasting impact. If I think about how it's still impacting me or the sort of knock-on from how it affected me before, there's still quite a lot of work for me to do. I've already talked about my inability to make friends or meet new people. Up until I started to get sensitive about my body in school, I was quite an extrovert. And then that kind of gradually went away and I sort of went into my shell. Long-term relationships have always been out of the question. When I was younger, I was too conscious of my weight. When I started losing weight, I said, I'll be ready once I've lost the weight. Once I lost the weight, I had the loose skin and I was even more conscious of that. 
because it was even less common than being of a certain weight or of a certain body fat percentage. I've been on dating apps and I've been able to match with some wonderful people and have some great conversations, but I would never let it get too far because I was so conscious of my skin. And I was like, if we took it further, I'd have to explain it. And I don't know how to explain it. I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, I probably did know how to explain it. It's just, I would have felt weird talking about it. And I also didn't know when it would be appropriate to bring it up or how they'd react or if it would kill the relationship. And I also didn't want to waste people's time. And I guess I just assumed it would be a deal breaker for everyone I ever spoke to. But if I think about the people that I matched with, the experiences I might have missed out on, the connections and maybe friends I could have made, it stings quite a lot. That is that is still something I'm working on, but I feel more comfortable talking about surgery and scars and my body shape post-surgery. And I feel much happier in my skin now as well. Again, I know it does sound hypocritical to try and encourage someone to be comfortable in their own skin after I've just gone through something that drastic, but it's what my experience has been. And I know the emotional difficulties it's caused and that kind of snowball. So you can feel isolated or depressed or have anxiety or other mental health issues. And what I found is that it can also lead to compulsive or obsessive behavior. So before I had surgery, when I went for walks, I would usually keep one hand on my chest just to kind of cover where the loose skin, I felt like it was visible and also just to stop it from moving around. It can lead to low self-esteem, loss of confidence, hiding away from people, and maybe even just, you know, forgetting part of yourself. Like I said, I was an extrovert until I got to becoming sensitive about my body shape and then I'm kind of went into my shell. I feel like part of my personality kind of went missing there. And, you know, there's this constant feeling like you're not good enough for people or your burden or a liability. And that can start to creep into your own self-talk as well. And that can be toxic and it can be challenging. So just like, you know, someone wanting to be nice to you or doing you a favor, you feel like you're putting a burden on them and you're just in their way. So you put distance between yourself and other people so they don't have to deal with that burden or hassle of you kind of being around them. Or you cut back on communication and messaging because you don't want to annoy them with, with your messages. And maybe you try to avoid meeting people because you don't want to take up or waste their time. I've done all of the above and I am still prone to doing that. None of these might be specifically because of your own body image, but they can still stem from the impact that negative self-view of body image can have. Dealing with body image issues is a complicated and challenging and difficult road. And I'm still on that road, but I am moving forward, I guess. That was probably a little bit grim, but let's look at how you can deal with, cope with, or recover from issues around negative body image. The most obvious answer is, of course, to learn to accept your body as it is. And I know that's easier said than not. Me saying that is kind of the equivalent of telling someone with depression to cheer up or telling someone who's having a panic attack to calm down. It's also worth bearing in mind some insecurity is natural and there will always be things about us that will feel like we want to change or improve, but there is a line between where it is something you're aware of and it doesn't affect you on a day-to-day basis to where it really starts to take over and becomes a bit more of a focus or even to extend an obsession. But for all the therapy or behavior changes or workouts or diets or surgery in the world, you can't truly overcome body image issues until you get to the point where you feel comfortable with appreciating the body that you have. If you went on an extreme diet and training plan, got really built and lean and muscular, you might either end up getting obsessive about maintaining it, or you might fixate on something else instead, like your height or your hair or a particular part of your body that isn't quite how you want it to look. Muscle dysmorphia or bigorexia is also a thing, which I will also cover at some point in the future. Next up is to try and manage your social media. Try to control your time on it, 
try to stop mindless scrolling, stop engaging with the content that you end up comparing yourself to or hide it or mute it or unfollow or block those accounts. If it is someone close to you or like a friend or a colleague or something, you can mute them so you don't have any drama about unfollowing or blocking people. Also start engaging with content that shows appreciation for different types of bodies and puts diversity in a positive light. For a virtual ego boost, imagine seeing a ton of positive comments on a picture of someone whose body looks more like yours and that can help you understand and appreciate different body types even more yourself. Try looking at your own behavior. We spend so much time comparing ourselves to idealized versions of male bodies, but how often do we judge someone like that in real life based on their body? When you're walking down the street, are you looking at people and judging them because they're skinny or heavier or tall or short or have long hair or bold? Do you even care? Like how much thought do you put into that on a day-to-day basis? It's also worth remembering that there's no such thing as a perfect body. Everyone has different goals. Since I lost weight, I have always had skinny or lean arms. And while I do have some muscle definition now, they've never looked particularly big. And my biceps have never been what one would call bulging. Like most, well, pretty much every t-shirt I have, the sleeves are baggy on my arms. So I've never been insecure about them as such, but I've always kind of wished they were a bit bigger. Now, when I was an in-person personal trainer, one of my clients that started working with me said he wants arms like mine. He wasn't after size. He just wanted to be lean with a little bit of definition. And that really put into context for me that while I was comparing myself to guys with much bigger biceps and thinking that that was the ideal or perfect way to look, there was someone here in front of me that was giving me that same kind of regard or like putting me on that same sort of, I don't, I don't know if pedestal is the right word, but kind of like putting me in that sort of aspirational something to aim for. And it was a simple comment, but it really planted a seed that fundamentally changed my approach to fitness and weight loss and what kind of trainer or coach I wanted to be. Next is when you're looking at media, so movies, TV, social media, just remember that it's all through filters, angles, lighting, editing, and maybe unsustainable and extreme diets and training plans, and it's not the real world. If you are struggling, do reach out for help if you feel comfortable. Speak to friends or family. If it's having a major impact on your life, don't hesitate to speak to a professional. So doctor, therapist, or counselor would be good choices. And if you want a listening here, you can also get in touch with me through the website or on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, where my username is all one word, Fitness Drifter. Just to wrap this up, I said before that it's a bit hypocritical for me to be talking about body image having just undergone surgery not that long ago to drastically change my body shape. But a big part of that for me was being able to finally draw a line under a lifelong battle with the weight loss. And it was just something to kind of bring that journey to a close. And while I am still recovering, my confidence has shot up dramatically because I feel like I've ended that chapter of my life. I was happy with my body overall, aside from the skin that I wanted removed. And I was about, it's hard to put a number on it, but I was about 90% sure that once it was done, I'd be in a much better position to overcome my body issues. There wasn't anything else on my body that was making me feel anywhere near as insecure or vulnerable. Like I couldn't say 100% because with something like that, you can never be 100% sure. But I think so far, my hunch has proved right. So yeah, for me, I already said it may seem a little bit hypocritical, but it closed what was a very long and often painful chapter in my life. And I feel like it was the right move. If you are struggling and it is having an impact on you, please do speak to someone. Even if it's just a one-line DM to me because you want someone to listen, that's still a starting point. Once you feel comfortable talking to someone, the rest can feel a bit easier. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. As a one-man army, I really could do with all the help I can get, and you would be doing me a huge favor if you could leave a review or a rating to help me get the word out. 
You won't just be helping me, you might help other men show themselves some kindness and appreciate their bodies more in the process too. Thanks again.